but I remember it wasn't it the middle of the night and you did have to gag him to stop him making too much noise and waking everybody up. Uh, yes, I did. Luckily, from an old fancy dress costume, I had a, a pair of handcuffs, which I was able to... Um... You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop music album and break it down track by track. And we really, 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 really like to do it. And on the podcast this week, it's Emotion by Carla Rae Jepsen. Uh, now, I know a lot of people that are going to be very happy about waking up this morning and having uh, Carly Rae Jepsen coming in their ears. Mm, a, a bit of emotion on a Tuesday morning is always welcome. Uh, and long time, long time talked about to be on the podcast um, uh, because she felt like a natural fit. But yet somehow we just hadn't got around to her for ages. Yes. And also cards on the table. This is one of the albums that you know very well. And I've only really listened to this week in preparation for the episode. So I knew uh, it was a great pop album. I knew it was really well received. I knew um, I actually know people who aren't big pop music fans but really rate this album as a pop album as well but somehow i just didn't get around to it so i've listened this week i'm looking forward to talking about it uh so this is uh all about carly today uh and we're gonna really go into detail uh around this album plus further listening uh which i don't mind saying up front is going to be talking about emotion side b so we are going to be using as our text today the standard edition of the album, which is 12 tracks long, although there are, as it's a deluxe edition and many other versions knocking about, that's what we're going to be using. But don't think we won't talk about some of the other great songs that are around this album's time as well. And I also just want to put out there the tenuous link of the week, and it's not so tenuous, because tomorrow on the 24th of June, it's five years since this album was released. It's a relatively new album in terms of what we normally cover. Definitely. But there has been another Carly Rae album since, hasn't there? And there has also been another B-side album quite recently, as discussed on Track by Track's new music drop. Yes, so do uh, you don't have to go too far back to listen to one of our favourite tracks from uh, the B-side of Dedicated. So if you don't know her, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, a lovely lady. She's she's the girl next door. She's a fun last to take on a night out with you. She's happy-go-lucky. She's perky. She's an ally. She's supportive. Uh, she's just all round lovely. Yeah, there doesn't seem to have been any... As I say, I, I didn't know the music too well, and I didn't know too much about her either, but there doesn't seem to be any hatred for her. It's all just love. No, absolutely. And Kyra Jepsen, born 1985. Uh, she's a 34-year-old woman. Uh, she won't mind me saying that. Uh, from Canada uh, and born and raised in Mission, British Columbia. She has been uh, around in the world of entertainment, theatre, music uh, for many, many years now. But her big break, her breakthrough song was obviously Dan... Oh, uh, call me maybe. Yes. <laughs> it just escaped oh, for a split God. second. It's going to be one of those weeks, listeners. Uh, and that was a huge song. Can you remember? It was just so infectious and it was everywhere. Yeah, definitely. And it did feel like almost it could have been kind of a novelty one hit wonder thing, I think. But there was just something else there that. Um, for anyone who that was the first thing they'd heard of Carla Rae Jepsen, there was just something else there that made you think, well, what else has she got up her sleeve? Um, did, didn't she also appear on Canada's pop idol, Canadian Idol? Yes, Dan, you're quite right. She finished in third place, but it was enough for her to get a recording contract. And I do, or I do love it when an act is so successful and just or such a, a strong act that outside of their home country, people don't know them for being on the talent show. They just know them as the pop artist. And I'm sure it wouldn't surprise me if One Direction or Little Mix over in America, they probably didn't talk about the X Factor because it wasn't a big deal over there. They're probably just known as a huge band. 
Uh, and this was the th- uh, the third album that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Call Me Maybe came from Kiss, which was uh, the second album. And there was a f- original debut, which was a lot different in sound. Her pop sensibilities. She didn't pop her pop stockings on until uh, second album time. It was a lot more, a lot more folksy back in the day. Um, and I don't want to talk anymore. I want us to get stuck in. Let's do it. So side one, track one. Uh, this is Run Away With Me. So run away with me there. Uh, Dan, have you ever run away from home? Yes, I have. When I was about nine or ten, had a row with my mum about something to do with the bath. I can't quite remember. I think I was putting too much hot water in and, it, and the immersion heater was empty. Um, and we had a row and I packed my bag and went to my grandma's, which was about a, a mile away. And I specifically remember emptying my bag when I got there and all I put in there was my dressing gown. Have you, Will? Uh, no, I think it was always something when you were young that you got thrown around in conversation or arguments, and it was all the always the end of the world, wasn't it? But it was always fine very quickly and blew over. So, uh, but obviously in this song, uh, Carly is inviting someone to to run away with her in a much more romanticised way, and just it's a great sound. It's a great sound that I oh, find. I'll say it sets out the stall for the <laughs> album, but it really is from. Because it's from the get-go, from that first bit of... Is it a bit of sax at the beginning there? Oh, really I love hit. a bit of sax. I love a bit of sax, and I love this sax in particular. It sounds very quite uh, morose, almost. It sounds really quite highly produced, and that's not a negative thing. Um, but it just hints that this is going to be... That the 80s and the 80s sound is going to be very prevalent throughout this album. And also, I think as well, where the album is called Emotion... Um, this song has got bucket loads of that in it. It's a very there's a very heady mix in this song. I think whenever yeah. I've seen, whenever I've heard this song played in the pubs and clubs, uh, people chant and sing along to the chorus of this and almost kind of punch the air. So it's well, I guess what I'm almost saying is it's quite anthemic. Yeah, I would agree, and it's nice that as with a lot of great anthemic choruses, it builds up to it when it starts. Like the sax begins it. Uh, and then it kind of just goes into the, the kind of chugging beats and bass. And they're there throughout. But then that chorus just comes in the middle. And it really is, as you say, it's anthemic. It's, and I'd love to see this one live, actually. Have you ever seen Carly live? I haven't, no. But I do think that I will. Sometime, I'm sure you at will. At some point. Mm. And Carly Love, if you're listening, we'd love to come to one of your gigs and have a premium experience. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Pop backstage and say hello as well. <laughs> this was a uh, a quite a long, quite a slow burn of a uh, track to, to produce and record and involved a couple of trips to Sweden um, to work with the producers, Mattman and Robin, uh, but also a number of different people involved in the songwriting process as well. We've got Carly herself. Uh, she's a dab hand with a biro. And also you've got Robin Fredrickson, Matthias Larsen, Oscar Holter, uh, Yoneli uh, Parmenius and Carl Schuster. A few of those have worked with some of our favourites. Um, Mattman and Robin, which fantastic name, um, have worked with Take That, Ellie Golding and Britney Spears, who, massive hint of a tease here, you might hear more from them as the year goes on from us. Um, but also uh, Shellback on there has worked with Max Martin and on some track-by-track favourites, including Pink, Backstreet Boys and Robin. Uh, this was a single as well, uh, and it didn't do too great. It was a number 58 hit in uh, the UK. But I think if we were looking at the chart number on this, we're missing the point majorly on what is a very epic and strong start to the album. So let's head on in to track number two now, shall we? Track number two, title track time. This is Emotion.
So that was Emotion. And once again, as we kind of warned you at the beginning of the episode, lots of different names and producers on this one. So this is Carly. She co-wrote, I believe, all of the tracks on the album. Um, But included on this one is CJ Barron, who has also worked with another track-by-track favourite, Mika, uh, but also Panic at the Disco. Are they going to be on the long list at any point, Will? Yes, I think we should. It's track-by-track, guarantee. And what I... When I was listening to this earlier and I was listening to the whole album through was I was just reminded just with track one, track two and many times for the rest of the album, she she gives a great chorus. I think yeah. just at the catchiness and how memorable the choruses are for pretty much all of her tracks are just incredible. And for me, that's a big part of that pop mix, uh, pop mix um <laughs> that you pour into the bowl and add all the other ingredients too. I think um, particularly when you are in this kind of real pure synth pop world, it's that so important. Really craving a Bombay mix now. You've just been speaking about that, Will. Pouring it in the bowl. Lovely party food. Oh, yes. Oh, not when everyone gets their hands in there. Not in the current climate. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, as you said, um, a great chorus. And as with track number one, it's that great, explosion of a chorus as well here there's a bit of a juxtaposition where the verses are almost spoken and then this huge sing-along chorus comes in which i love and the the middle eight the kind of the breakdown there is really really stunning um and again there's just a real sense of feeling in there and do you know who i was just reminded of when i was listening to that or when we were listening to that uh do you remember uh tiffany oh yeah i think we're alone now yeah i don't know what hmm. i don't know why but just that's a very perky kind of 80s style power pop, um, which I think is channeled quite a bit through this album. Definitely. I, For me, I was listening to this and I was thinking, taking my notes down, thinking, what the synths in this? There's something about the synths. What are they, what are they making me think? Where are they transporting me to? And I decided that the synths, um, they skim through the song like stones on a sunshine lake. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Have you hired a scriptwriter for the podcast? No, it's just I've realised I haven't been using my creative writing degree for a while, so I thought I'd put it to use just for this episode. You've been uh, reading the thesaurus while you've been sat on the lavvy. Right. Should we move on to number three? Yes. Uh, let's stop the talk of number two. <laughs> uh, move on to track three now. Uh, and this is I Really Like You. I really like you there. That's a standout on the album for me. Um, And I think it just backs up everything we've just said about the first two tracks. And then it layers in something else on top with just not only an amazing chorus, but then a fantastic middle eight after the chorus or bridge into the into the next verse. Uh, And it's I read that apparently this song is about when you really like somebody, but it's too soon to love them, but you've moved on from the initial stages. It's trying to get across that emotion. Oh, and that is always a bit awkward, isn't it? When you're with someone and that first time saying, I love you, you know, is it going to be too soon? Do you only say it because they said it to you? Who's going to say it first? That lovely start of a relationship, the butterflies period, and then it all becomes a little bit stale. Uh, have you ever said oh, I love you to someone and they haven't said it back? Uh, no, honestly, I don't think I have. Have you ever said I love you to someone? No, I honestly don't think I have. <laughs> I did have to see a child psychologist because I just would not say it to my family. Just quite a cold individual. I don't want to commit to anything. I don't want them to have anything to hold me to. <laughs> but back to the song. Let's let's pick it up a little bit. Yes. It, it's just, it's beyond infectious, isn't it, this one? That chorus. Um you know how could you not even if you don't like the song you can't help but get into the song uh, and also this was the first this was the lead single from the album so this was the first new taste of carly that we had after the huge success that she originally had uh or the breakthrough success that she had uh do you remember the video to this 
No, but when I was playing it earlier, my other half uh, said, well, I was talking about the video and I don't think I've ever seen it before, but it sounds good. Yeah, Tom Hanks is in the video. Uh, Justin Bieber's in it as well, apparently. Hmm, it's not all good. Uh, yeah, so uh, quite a coup to have Tom Hanks in it, uh, but Justin Bieber. So what they give us with one hand is taken away with another. And the fantastic calibre of songwriters and collaborators continues. So on this one, you have Peter Svensson. And Peter has worked with the likes of Iconopop, Ariana Grande and The Weeknd. Huge names, as you know, as is Carly. And quite right, too, that she should be working with him. This was a big hit in the UK, got to number three in the charts as well. So very good. And do you want to play a game of what beat it? Because I've got the answer. Do you know? Yeah, go for it. I mean, it's five years ago. So, you know, have a good guess. But for me, I wouldn't have got these in a million years. No, go on. Go on. (laughs) No, you'll have to tell me. I mean, I couldn't even hunt these songs. So number two was Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie. Is it Charlie Puth or Charlie Puth? Charlie Puth. Yeah. Puth. Puth. Uh, With See You Again. And number one was OMI, or oh my god, I'm so old, with Cheerleader, the Felix John remix. I mean, clearly, five years ago, I thought it's quite <laughs> recently that I didn't know what was going on in the charts. Five years ago, I didn't have a clue what was going on in the charts. No, uh, who? Uh, I don't know either of those songs, uh, but I'm just annoyed they kept her off the top spots. Yeah, quite, uh, quite vindictive, actually. <laughs> so, track number four now. Uh, and this is Gimme Love. Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Touch. Cause I want what I want, do you think that I want too much? Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love. Fall into me and then Gimme Love. Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Love, Gimme Well, that was a funky little number, isn't it? Yeah. Now with this one, Give Me Love, my first thought when I was listening to it was, it's definitely an album track, but as we always say, that is no bad thing. But it's almost like album track plus, because I think there's some, just a much higher standard at play on this album than your average pop album. Yeah, there's something about the production of this album that we said before, so many collaborators, but something about the production. I think this album, for me, it feels like a sugared almond, Will, if you know what I mean. It's it's very sweet on the outside, but on the inside there's that nut, and it's something quite... Um, there's a lot of substance to it. Quite solid there, yeah. Mm. And that's the secret um, to a really good pop song, I think, isn't it? On Something on the surface that is very instant, very catchy, very easy to digest, but actually, when you really get into it, there's a lot more going on. Definitely. And this one is another Matt Man and Robin production, uh, which I just like saying Matt Man and Robin. <laughs> the the thing for me though about this one, which uh, just I just find a little bit annoying, is the spelling of "gimme," because there seems to be a little bit of dispute in the pop world about how to spell "gimme." Abba, and I think Britney had it G I double M E. Um, I think the Rolling Stones on "Gimme Shelter" actually switched it round from one to the other. But here, Carly's put an I in there. Now, how would you spell "gimme," Will? I, uh, if I was spelling it, well, I would actually say give me. I wouldn't say I wouldn't use gimme. But if I was spelling it gimme, it'd be G-I-M-M-E. Same. So Carly Love on a future version of the album. Can you can you change the spelling, please? Go on, Carly Love. OK, track number five now. And this is All That. So it's ballad time on the album, Will. And before I await to see if we're going to be talking about the album artwork now, I just want to jump in and talk about the song because I love that, again, the the theme of the album, the theme of the sound, that 80s thing is there with the bass, with the synth kind of glistening across it. And it really does conjure up quite um, sort of American prom, like neon lights and ticker tape, something like that. I can really see this working in Maybe a, a slower Strangest Things scene or something like that. What a great time to look at the fantastic artwork. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sorry if I'm that predictable, but uh, for me, it's a uh, it is that time, and this is uh, you've got Carly. Uh, she's sat. I don't know what she's sat on because it's all black. Uh, she's got black leggings and a black background, but I, I love the colourful design of her top, and it's kind of saying she's looking pensive, but at the same time, she's also got quite a bright top on. So she's saying to me, she's saying. I've got emotions, but I've also got a stack of great pop songs ready to share. And where do you think she got that top from? Is it sort of new look or? I think I remember somewhere she actually got it in the Karen Millen closing down sale. Oh, lucky her grabbing that bargain. Half off, 50% off. Yeah, so good for her. Uh, and then Font Watch, uh, which we've not had for a few weeks, actually. You've got mm. Carly Rae Jepsen and then in a more kind of scribbled down affair, emo- Emotion enunciated like that with some spots yes those spots are sometimes used when the album's just been written about on apple music and the like as well which uh it's one of those punctuation um issues that i have with artists or with album titles but we're i think when we put it out we're just going to write emotion aren't we absolutely keep it simple uh this this track i love the 80s influences in this uh but it's not anywhere near as good as some of the pop bangers on this album but the thing i I really like actually i think i would i wouldn't be surprised if you know i I prefer this probably to some of the tracks that you prefer um again the caliber so strong we've got dev hines working on this one we spoke about dev for co-writing blondies long time with debbie harry um and also and he's obviously done so 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 much more and we've also got ariel rextade rextide again my god it's awful isn't it my pronunciation uh, worked with Little Boots, Madonna and Kylie, so some track-by-track favourites, but also worked with Vampire Weekend and U2. So not only is the calibre really strong, but it's really diverse as well, I think. Track number six now. And Dan, this is something that you've been plagued with for most of your adult life. Boy problems. Herpes. <laughs> B.O. problems. <laughs> <laughs> Boy problems, who's got them? Am I right? Oh, tell me, honestly. Uh, well, I haven't got any, but I'm sure some people have. Yeah, I haven't either, to be quite clear. But if you have, do let us know at Track by Track UK. We'll do our best to help. Oh, that'd be a great addition, wouldn't it? Like a problem podcast where we answer... Well, we, have, <laughs> we have been likened to Joan and Jerrica in the past. Um, so our advice might be just as useful or useless, depending on how you take it. I mean, I don't see it personally because I think we're very sympathetic, uh, caring mm. people. Yep, very genuine. Real salt of the Both. earth. Very serious as well, actually. And very humble as well. Do let us know about your boy problems because we do love a good gossip. gossip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Carly's boy problems, uh, when she had boy problems, she you know what she did? She went to Sia and Greg Kirsten for support in making a, a great pop team. song. Yeah. An absolute support dream team and a songwriting dream team. Um, and of course, they both worked hand in hand on Sia's Christmas album, which we talked about Christmas 2018, I think. Um, and we still love talking about Sia's puppies. Uh, and they are lovely, but puppies are lovely. But so are older, older dogs, dogs as well. As well. Mm, never forget that. There's a great funk to this song, which I really like. The bass is really prominent in this one as well. I think Greg Kirsten's production is so crisp and on the, on the money in terms of he really knows his artists that he's working with, but also what works in a great pop, pop, pop song. <laughs> uh, and it's another great track on this album, but I would say it is an album track. It is an album track, but I bet it's a really good live track, though. Again, we don't know ourselves, but perhaps there's a, I bet there's some uh, emotion live tour footage out there somewhere that we can go and have a look at. If, if you can be asked. I, I can't, actually. 
Someone, so we someone, let us, someone let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on to this next track. Uh, something we both like to do uh, up until about 12, 1am, and then we do have to go home. Uh, making the most of the night. So that was making the most of the night. Sia is back and joined by someone we've never mentioned on the podcast before, I don't think. Haim or Haim. Yes, uh, lovely ladies. Three lovely ladies. Big Spice Girls fans, just to put that out there. Just oh, to, really? Are they? That's good. Just to name check Spice Girls in the episode, as you know, as the track by track guarantee is that they will be mentioned every week. Um, and you can definitely hear their influence on this with the beat and the kind of shuffle to the beat, the the percussion. But it also fits perfectly in the album, I think, with the sort of explosions of synth and the way that the bass uh, just kind of drones beneath it as well. Uh, this, for me, is perfectly placed in the album as well to have another anthemic uh, song with a huge chorus midway through the album as well. Because this one, you can just imagine hearing this when you are making the most of the night. And you'd just go crazy, wouldn't you? <laughs> what do you mean by making the most of the night? Well, you're on the dance floor uh, with a gin and tonic in your hands, <laughs> dancing around, and this comes on. And a ciggy, if you're lucky, if you're in 1995. <laughs> we know what you used to do on the dance floor. What's that? Well, smoke a cigarette. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Well... You can't believe that anymore, can you? You can't believe that you used to be able to do that, especially in a, in a nightclub in such close proximity of other people's faces. You could just be puff, puffing away. You wouldn't believe what goes on in nightclubs under your, underneath your nose, you know. I once saw a girl getting uh, quite vigorously <laughs> by a man's hand. Disgusting. Uh, and, it it really, a... and it really was to watch. But I do completely agree with you, Will, on the placement of the song right in the middle of the album. And there's something about it that just, it draws you into this song, but then you don't quite know where it's going to go as well. And I, I, this is one of my favourites in the album. Yeah, it's a, it's a really strong song. And the producers on this track were The High Street. I'm not familiar with their work, Dan. They've got like New Look and uh, Greg's, if you're lucky. Superdrug. Yeah. Uh, uh, British Heart Foundation. And, and a closed down Marks and Spencers. And a card factory. Oh, yeah. Did you used to work in a card factory? No, are you working at Aldi? Um, so, track number eight now, and this is what the boy from the chip shop uh, was to you. But I don't Your... know whether whether you were to him. Your type. So that was your type there. A kind of mid-tempo uh, flavour coming in there. I, again, I love the chorus and I love the little touches in there. The do-do-do-do. Uh, I almost thought you was going for then. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
he was just helping out with odd jobs around the studio and he ended up producing Baby One More Time. I mean, I think you might have elaborated the story a little bit, put your own spin on it, but basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a ho- that's a Hollywood story, isn't it? Yeah. Better than the Paul Potts story. From Rags to Bitches. Oh, that could be our um, autobiography title. <laughs> page it's, by page. That's, but that almost has a ring to it. It makes me think someone else has already used it. Uh, the Cock Destroyers, probably. Ah, oh, lovely ladies. Release an album so we can talk about you on the podcast. <laughs> we would love to. Because we are track destroyers, aren't we, Will? As well as Remy, you also have Carl Fork, who has worked with One Direction and your favourite boy band of all time, Will, the mighty Westlife. Um, but also Wayne Hector, who did write a lot of Westlife's huge hits, including Flying Without Wings, which I cannot deny how good a pop song that one is. That is fantastic. Uh, and he also wrote JLS's Everybody in Love. Again, a very fantastically written song. So the calibre on this song is it's very different to what you've got elsewhere. Um, and I don't think it's the obvious track you'd, uh, you'd expect from them, but I, I do really like this one. Are we ever going to talk about JLS? I'm sure we will one day. They're but quite a long, long, long way down. On Yeah, about 2030 maybe, when they get back together again. again. They're meant to be getting back together again now, aren't they? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if their plans have been uh, pushed aside due to COVID. So it's not all bad. <laughs> so let's move on now to track number nine. Uh, and let's get lost. Dan, I haven't actually got a great deal to say about this track. It's fine. It's nice. But I did want to shine a spotlight on uh, a track that's on the deluxe edition, uh, but didn't make it into the final uh, version of uh, Emotion as Normal. But I really do want us to talk about this song. So, Are you I saying think you think that the song we're going to play now should be should have been in place of this one? Yes. Basically, in a nutshell, that's what I've been dancing around. But... Speaking of dancing around, you will be after this one. So here we go uh, on the deluxe version of the album. I didn't just come here to dance. I think that should have been in the standard original edition of Emotion. It is probably one of the most pure dance tracks, uh, but I love the that bass that runs through it in particular is really infectious. Um, and I just it's probably one of my favourite Cardi tracks ever. Wow, that is high praise. But it is a great song. I completely agree. And it would have been nice on the standard edition. It's a little bit like it reminds me of uh, when we did Years and Years. And for further listening, you played Up in Flames from the deluxe edition of, what's the album called, Will? San Pellegrino. That's the one. And uh, it's it's my favourite track on that album now. Um, so yeah, thanks for showing this because, as I said, I only did my Carly homework this week and I didn't get onto the deluxe editions and the various other editions. Uh, but I will be going back to this song. Little musical diversion there. Not that we've had many so far this episode. So uh, there we In go. Fact, did- did you even say if we're lucky, dot, dot, dot? No, I didn't. I just cut to the chase. Just cut to the feeling. It's not about uh, luck. No. <laughs> uh, so let's move on then to track number 10 now. And this is L.A. Hallucinations.
so that was LA Hallucinations. Uh, I absolutely love that track because it's so different to anything else that's come to play so far on the album. Um, and I was wondering why. So I had a look at who was uh, behind that track. Uh, and I'm sorry, Dan, I know that's normally your job. Mm. But this was... Uh, put out. Zachary Gray was one of the co-writers and co-producers on this. And he is from a Canadian indie rock group called The Zolas. Um, so that would explain a kind of different sound and different structure to this track. Uh, but I really love it. Yeah, me too. I think from the off, the, the beat and the bass are stronger in this one, aren't they? And it won't surprise you to, to know that I also looked into who was behind it. Uh, as well as Zachary, you've got Stint, who has worked with Jesse Ware, who we've mentioned on the new music drop recently. And Mo and Taishi. Taishi, I really, really love. So I will have to put her on the long list. Um, but he was also a member of the group Data Romance. Um, and they were likened to the XX and Leaky Lee. Um, the debut album came out in 2013 and they were featured on BBC Music and NME. But uh, have since gone on hiatus. So I need to listen to some Data Romance. But have you heard any of them, Will? No, I haven't at all, actually. But you just reminded me talking about data romance. I just that, that story you told me about you uh, had data romance with a computer in the public library, and you got escorted out by one of the head librarians. Well, when you have to pay a, a pound an hour to go on the internet, I don't think they would limit you to what you can go on and what you can do while you're watching it. Yeah, but you're only supposed to put a pound in the slot. <laughs> but a great. Yeah, a really great song, LA Hallucinations. A little bit of a different sound, but still fits in with the album. I do really like it. Track number 11 now, uh, and this is Warm Blood. So that was Warm Blood, the penultimate track on the standard version of the album. And for the penultimate track, it, and I'm not saying here I don't like it, but it's very experimental and not the obvious choice, is it? No, it almost feels quite dark. Uh, and in some ways, I do like that. Uh, whenever It sounds crazy, but whenever I listen to the start of this track, I always think, oh God, not this one. But then when I listen to it and it builds up and the kind of synths come in and the beat kicks in, then I remember I do like it. But do you ever have that with a track and it starts and you think, oh, I don't like this, and then you remember you do? Not with the track so much, but if I see you walking down the road towards me, I think, oh, God, not this one. And then, you know, have the small talk. And then when we get chatting, I think, oh, no, he's all right, actually. We've, we've got quite a bit in common. Do you know, I think that's one of the most offensive things you've ever said to me. And there's a lot of offensive things you've said to me. Mainly off air because they're uh, NSFW. Uh, but no, I think it's the penultimate track on the album. I love the fact that there's a bit more experimental uh, work at play towards the end of this album. Yeah. And the reason this one sounds so different is because this one is uh, is been made with Rostam, who was formerly of Vampire Weekend. Will, were you a fan of Vampire Weekend? So-so. Indifferent. Take them or leave them. Yeah. Um, I do like quite a lot of their stuff, actually, and I didn't know that he'd worked on this. He's He left the band after the third album uh, and since done work with other acts, including Declan McKenna, who I'm a big fan of his. We'll have to think about putting him on the long list as well. Um, oh, he's just, gorgeous. Oh, stunning young lad. But I just like what it brings to it, this kind of really fuzzy sort of something about the... It's quite industrial, this synth pattern and this... Sh- that, oh, now I can see you. No. <laughs> industrial. <you're gonna laughs> Egyptian or whatever it is. Aztec, actually. Oh, sorry. But I would have said because of the moodiness to it, it'd be more medieval. Oh, okay. So we're on to the last track on the album proper. Uh, so here we go with track number 12, When I Needed Oh, 
so that was when I needed you. That's the last track on the Alb standard album, which just to remind, just to recap is what we're talking about today. Uh, and Dan, our unbroken record since we've come back in 2020 uh, stays of an albums that don't peter out at the end. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, this it completely. I, I like the slightly off kilter side of let's um sorry la hallucinations and warm blood but i love that this takes it back to the sort of sugary pop polished thing that we've had going on for most of the album um it's an explosion of synths and grooves carly's vocal is fantastic and we've not really talked about carly as a vocalist i really do like her voice it's it's got kind of it has it's really strong but it's got that crack in it as well and i was thinking what it reminds me of a certainly with the breaks in the track in the vocal it reminds me of a of a british female vocalist a real um favorite uh, and a real classic artist and it is uh, jenny frost from atomic kitten a <laughs> uh, lovely lady uh, and also host of tv's uh oh, snog mary avoid yeah loved that program uh, they never actually they never actually screened your episode in the end, did they? No, it turns out they couldn't make me under. It just looked <laughs> terrifying. Pod Pod just could wasn't up to it. It blew a blew a fuse. <laughs> like the computer at the library. Uh so <laughs> that was more because of the moisture. Um <laughs> So what a great end to the album. A really great banging upbeat end to the album when i needed you as well the emotion runs right through this album uh right to the end definitely and another new name co-writing on this one this one was written with dan nigro and he has worked again with some track by track favorites little boots and kylie i love that throughout this album all of the collaborators or most of them have worked with acts that we've spoken about before it just kind of shows that this is a very track by trackable album uh, but Dan has since gone on to work with huge names, including Louis Capaldi and Freya Ridings. Wow. So, so high calibre there. And as Absolutely. you'd expect at this point in Carly's career, that she would have such a great standard of uh, people to collaborate with. So time for some further listening. And for this episode, uh, quite specific, it's our favourite track from Emotion Side B which was the uh, extra kind of mini album, because it's a bit longer than an EP, but not as long as an album, uh, that Kylie released uh, as an accompaniment afterwards. There was also an Emotion Side B+, plus, which does include probably my favourite ever Kylie Rae Jepsen track. So I'm actually going to squeeze a one pre-further listening track in here as we hear a little bit of Cut to the Fever. explosion of power pop that track is uh and i've said a lot about her choruses carly's brilliant choruses but this one really takes the biscuit absolutely and just spoke about her vocal but on the chorus on this one she just kind of cranks it up to sixth gear um yeah it's great and i don't know I, i'm quite surprised that i don't think i've heard that song before but the, the song title rings a bell weirdly was it a was it a big hit in the uk it got to number 69 in the UK. Ah, so maybe not. But um, yeah, a fun, a fun song. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't commercially a big hit, but it was, you know, it was when it came out, there was a huge wave of uh, positiveness, positive response to it. Uh, and this was written by Carly herself with Simon Wilcox and Nolan Lambrosa and also produced by Nolan Lambrosa as well. Um, who's also done work for Shawn Mendes, Selena Gomez, uh, Nick Jonas, uh, and Fifth Harmony, and uh, Rita Ora, and Louis Tomlinson. Mm. No talent. So I just had to get that in because it's a brilliant, not just a great Carly song, it's a fantastic pop song. And that's what we love. 
here on Track by Track. And also on Track by Track's new music drop every Saturday. Uh, oh, that's lovely. You got that in there. Dan, uh, what's your further listening pick proper from Emotion Side B? So again, I'm kind of basing this on one listen of it. So it might, it could change as the weeks go on. But currently on, on first listen of Side B, my favourite song and my further listening choice is Higher. Before we go into that song, Will, I just before I forget, because I'm very old and forgetful, I just want to. Um, I've got a theory that Carly is a massive Carly Minogue fan, and the reason I think that is because if you look at the run of tracks on Emotion Side B, it goes from the one to Fever to Body Language. Or and you know even you even got roses on there as well as in Where the Wild Roses Grow, and I'm sure you could even link a Carly song to uh, Cry or Higher as well. Do you know, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, because such is how pure and committed Carly is on this album to creating a brilliant, brilliant pop record, uh, that she'd look to the best for support. Um, on a similar note with this track as well, it was Greg Kirsten, again, who co-wrote and co-produced this track. Absolutely. And um, with uh, no seer this time, but with Claude Kelly, who has worked with Michael Jackson, J-Lo, Britney and The Wanted. Ah, oh, uh, I was just about to say, as knee-jerk reaction, I was about to go, oh, lovely lads, but they really they really weren't, actually. They're quite scummy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, should we put them on the long list? But maybe not now. We'll have to take that one offline. They had a few good songs, um, but I just don't think they had... Anyway, that's for another time, anyway. We're far too late in the day in this episode to be uh, start ranting about other pop acts. Um, but Dan, this higher, I was on my list of favourite songs for this out for this uh, further listing selection as well. Well, great minds think alike. I just think it's great. There's a real chug to the synths. There's a real drone to the bass, and then I love that higher and how Carly sings higher gets higher as the chorus goes on. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a fantastic pop song. It would have fitted in perfectly on Emotion proper. It's also another really synthy song for her, one of a bit more electronic than some of the uh, other other tracks on Emotion. And maybe that's why it's on side B and not on the main album itself. Yeah. Will, what have you got? So I've gone for Fever. You know, I'm running out of things to say because it's another almost perfectly written and produced pop song. Uh, really fits in with the whole soundscape of the album. Uh, a great further listening choice. I'm just running out of things to say about them, Will. I think with just knowing that this is another different writing combination, she must have been absolutely knackered, bless her, working from different different people and different people. And of course, a song doesn't always come together in one day. So it must have been quite a exhausting experience putting this album together i'm sure she was all of a hither and dither through doing this but i think you'll agree it was worth it oh absolutely yeah so just a word on the album's performance before we finish up today dan um and how it was received and it's fair to say it was uh mixed to well received this album so rolling stone gave it three and a half uh, all Music gave it 5 out of 5 The Guardian gave it 3 NME gave it 7 out of 10 um, So I definitely, it definitely sounds like From a lot of the reviews I've read That there's a real appreciation for the work That she did in this album To make it something more than just another pop album By, uh, by a kind of female singer Who'd had a big success with the first album It's definitely clear uh, She worked hard 
to make it different, to make it better, and that she pulled in some of the best people she could for it. Um, and what a brilliant collection of songs, all told. Are you are you content and satisfied at the end of our Carly episode? It's been a long time coming. It has, but we've certainly uh, had a lot to talk about. Uh, but we're out of time. So do let us know, are you content and satisfied with how we talked about Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion at Track by Track UK on Twitter and across social media? And if you take a moment, please, to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd love to hear your feedback uh, and how much you've enjoyed the episode. And don't forget, we are now back every Saturday as well with Track by Track's new music drop, where we're celebrating the best of the new releases of the week. And if you'd love to make a recommendation of something brilliant that you're listening to at the moment, or if you're an artist yourself who has something great to share, please do let us know again on our social media accounts at Track by Track UK. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Okay, keeping it as vague as I possibly can. It's the third time we'll be talking about this pint-sized pop star. Stop! Stop! That's enough. That's more than enough. So, yeah, in case you hadn't guessed it, because you should have really already, from Carly to Kylie next week, we're celebrating 10 years of one of her studio albums. Two lovely ladies uh, from different sides of the world with equally impressive pop CVs. Uh, And we're back with Kylie this uh, next week. Uh, So until then, I have been Scooter Braun, Kylie's manager. And I've been Greg Kirsten. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, just a finger puppet. Uh, like finger mouse. <laughs>